Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blackwood Show. The Black, the Black, the Black, Black. Welcome to the Blackwood Show. I am recording this on January 15th of 2021. The stock market is down today, but I'm still feeling good. I'm excited to get back into the groove of doing these podcasts. I hope the year's been off to a good start for you guys. I hope that your 2021 has been off to a, a productive start. I hope that you guys are hitting all your goals financially, that you're set up for success this year, that you're starting to think about what you might change, what you might do different, that classic New Year's resolution time. I've never been like over the top about New Year's resolutions. I like them because it's kind of a good time to reflect on what you accomplished this last year and a good benchmark, so to speak. But I like to build habits that are sustainable, you know, so only pick New Year's resolutions that you're really going to hold through because otherwise it feels a little bit defeating to make these big lofty goals and not meet them. I like incremental goals and incremental rewards, I think are a better positive feedback loop. But do take this time to think about what you didn't like about 2020, <laughs> probably a long list. <laughs> but yeah, what you didn't like about 2020, what you might have done differently personally and, and what you're going to do different in 2021. I encourage you to do all those things and to think those things through. It's a good time to have an inflection point and to think about what could make you happier this year, what you might do differently. Maybe it's uh, liking and sharing podcasts. Definitely share this with one of your friends that might like the content today. As the title insinuates, we're going to be doing Stock Market Investing 101. This has been a heavily demanded episode by you guys and the viewers and the listeners. I know a lot of you guys have a lot of experience in these things already. So if you're in that camp, this might not be the best episode for you, to be honest. I I won't be offended if you skip this one because we're going to start out with the basics and kind of build through how someone who's unfamiliar with the stock market can, first of all, get a definite, understand why they might invest in the stock market, get a definition of what the stock market is and kind of learning through what brokerages are and how they might get started investing and things like this. So if that's relevant to you, I'd encourage you to tune in. If you're already past that, honestly, sometimes I like to go back and listen to the basics. I like to read some of my old books that are really basic and that I believe I have a knowledge level past because sometimes it, it spurs new thoughts for me. Sometimes it just solidifies things that I already know and gives me a more firm base to build on. So even if you are experienced episodes like this might be a little useful, but without further ado, let's jump into it because as I mentioned, lots of you guys are interested in the stock market. I talk about it a lot on this show. I'm personally a big believer in the stock market and the wealth that it can create for you. It's a pretty amazing thing really when you step back and think about how an investment, taking a dollar that you've earned and instead of spending it, you can put it to work instantaneously in the stock market and you can have it performing on your behalf while you go about the rest of your life, while you're productive at work, making more money, while you're enjoying time with your friends, while you're laying on the beach, that dollar in the background is just humming along, being productive and growing over time. If you have a good sound strategy and you invest in good sound companies, that's a really exciting concept. And it's an important concept to internalize. I'm so proud of you guys who are asking about how to approach this because The stock market is one of those big dividers between wealthy people and not wealthy people. And what I mean by that is that if you aren't fortunate enough to have exposure to the stock market and what it is and get familiar with it, either through a mentor, a family member, maybe your company giving you stock uh, options or something like this that encourages you to pay attention to the market, start to learn about it. Or maybe just you get lucky and stumble on it or have an interest in, a, in, you know, find a community that embraces it like Reddit or something like this. If you aren't in that camp, then it really does separate your ability to earn and grow wealth over time from people who are familiar with it. I mean, conservative investments in the stock market, you know, long term, they say it compounds 8% or so, you know, in, in the American stock market, the S&P 500, getting 8% on your savings versus 0% is a huge thing. So I really applaud you guys for paying attention to the fact that the stock market exists. 
one of the best decisions you can make financially is getting started in the stock market. So you're already on the winning side of this coin. If you're paying attention to podcasts like this is just, there's ways to really screw it up and to really hurt your financial outlook for sure. And you hear those horror stories of people taking too big a risks or, you know, getting uh, shaky hands at the bottom of markets and pulling their money out when they should be leaving it in things like this. But if you learn the basics of the stock market, if you learn how you might use it, if you learn what good conservative sound investment is, and if you match your risk tolerance for the investments that you choose, it is such a brilliant thing for your long-term wealth. So I want to start out by applauding you guys for paying attention to this. Learning about the stock market, becoming aware of it puts you in the successful camp. And uh, welcome to the club, so to speak, of people who pay attention to this and understand the power of compounding interest and the power that it can have over your wealth creation and growth over time. This can change families' outlooks and it can change your individual outlook and it can change your retirement and the comfort you're going to enjoy and things like this just through these simple decisions made early in your career. So congratulations. My, my applause to you for paying attention to these things. Let's start out with the basics. Why might you invest in the stock market? I just kind of started to talk about that, but to make your money work for you, you know, you're going to passively grow income because you can invest in the stock market with money that you've already earned. And then you have the smartest people running these companies working for you all day, every day, as they increase the value of Ford, of Amazon, of Tesla, of Oh man, any number of companies, right? Palantir and these more eccentric companies that some people never even heard of. You can have all these smart people, the CEO, the board, uh, all of the executives there, all the line workers are technically working. Some portion of that productivity is going to you. You want Jeff Bezos to work for you? You can have it happen tomorrow. Buy some Amazon stock. So you can have the smartest, most successful multi-multi-billionaires, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, guys like that can work for you if you invest in the stock market. That's a really important tendency to understand uh, for why you might invest in the stock market. Collectively, all those people, you know, form the S&P 500 index. You have all those workers working on your behalf while you sit on the beach, like I said, while you are at work earning other money, things like this. It can just be growing in the background, humming away. It's a great supplement to whatever else you have going on in your life for wealth creation. And although it can be a little volatile and it has its ups and downs, if you invest in the long term, if you invest conservative and if you can keep your cool, then you can make more money in the background like this. You can make your money work for you. Or as I mentioned in another episode, you can have money babies, you know, make your money work for for you and create more money babies for you to go spend. It's a really cool concept. So you might invest in the stock market to passively grow your income. Uh, you might do it so that your savings outpace inflation. This is an important thing to understand that if you go and earn a bunch of money in your job, say you save up a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand dollars working hard in your job and just saving away diligently in the bank, every year there's what's called inflation. And I won't bore this whole episode with it and, and detract too much from it. But if you look up inflation, it's essentially that the prices of everything go up over time. So the purchasing power of a dollar today buys less tomorrow. So that concept is that if you're sitting there holding cash, if you just make some money and put it in the bank, if you make some money and put it in your mattress or whatever, put it in your wallet and never spend it. Yes, you saved it. That's great that you didn't go spend it on something frivolous and it's just gone. But at the same time, that's losing purchasing power over time. You're not able to buy as much with that money 10 years from the day as you are today. So you might invest in the stock market just to make sure that your money doesn't uh, decrease in purchasing power to make sure that that money you, you work hard and save does buy you the same things 10 years from now when you actually want to spend it that it can today. That's an important concept to understand. Um, certainly 
investing in the stock market, this has been my experience. It has really changed my outlook and my discipline when it comes to saving and budgeting. So it's a really good tool for answering that question of why you might not buy that frivolous thing, why you might not buy that extra expensive bottle of wine or champagne, or why you might not buy the extra options on the car or whatever. It's because even if those things are fun and you could afford them, you, what it comes down to is opportunity cost. You could take that money and put it in the stock market and get wealthier and it can compound over time. And you know, a thousand dollar option on a car or something like this, it seems like a good idea at the time to upgrade the stereo or to get the new headlights, whatever that can become, you know, $10,000 at your retirement and things like this. So it's really important in terms of your budget and your discipline and your savings that you uh, pay attention to these things early and you understand the power they can have down the line for you. Uh, and I think these, you know, it's important to understand why you might invest in the stock market and keep these goals in mind as you go. You know, I'm going to talk a lot about the stock market today, but the, the big why is to have more money, you know? So that's the fundamental reason to invest in the stock market. There's some nice supplementary benefits to people like me who kind of nerd out on this. I get a lot of entertainment from watching the markets, from talking with friends and uh, strangers online about it and debating and learning about companies. And, you know, it's just something that really interests me. So there's some entertainment value in it for me. And certainly for this podcast, it's been incredibly useful to have this knowledge and to share it with you guys. But for most people, it just comes down to let's make some dollars and cents. Let's make more money than we have today. Let's spend more money than we have tomorrow. Uh, because that's really what we're trying to do is do some wealth creation, create more security for you, create better opportunities for your family, create a better outcome in your retirement, X, Y, Z. Um, so what is the stock market? Let's kind of get into it in a broad sense. Uh, the stock market refers to a collection of markets and exchanges where regular activities of buying, selling, and issuance of shares of publicly held companies take place. So this is the most important concept is that when you're, in, when you're participating in the stock market, when you buy a stock, you are buying a share of that company. You become an owner of the company. And that's a really cool concept. I mean, like I own Apple and it's in the simplest sense because I own shares of Apple. Now, I don't own enough of it to go and tell Tim Cook what to do tomorrow or to drop a new and a different feature in the iPhone or something like that. You know, you'd have to have 20, 30 percent of all the shares outstanding to be able to have real influence on it. Like, you know, people colloquially say, oh, I own my business. I can make it do whatever I want. That's not necessarily the case with publicly traded companies unless you're incredibly wealthy or the company's incredibly small. But nonetheless, fundamentally, you are an owner and you are a shareholder is what it's called. And with that, you have rights. You know, you, you have a right to profits when they distribute them in certain ways. You have a right to vote on, uh, to the board and the, and the board of directors becomes your voice in that company. So theoretically, you can influence the company. But fundamentally, what, what is the stock market? It's a venue for you to buy companies and, you, and for you to become a shareholder and owner of said companies. And that's a really cool concept. You know, you picture yourself buying a, a new iPhone or you could go and buy Apple and own some of the company. I mean, that's a pretty crazy thing to sit back and think about. So that's worth really driving home that fundamentally what you're doing in the stock market is you're making yourself an owner of great American or even international companies and that you're tying yourself to their future fortunes and their future productivity and all the hard work they're going to do. That's a really cool concept to drive home. Uh, these financial activities, buying the stock of those publicly held companies are conducted through institutionalized formal exchanges or over-the-counter marketplaces, which operate under a defined set of regulations. That's really important. So this is all happening through stock exchanges and the two major ones, the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ. So I'm not going to get into too much detail because this is like a stock market 101, but essentially those are exchanges that are responsible for complying with all the SEC securities and commissions uh, regulations and things like this. Wait. 
I might mess up the SEC, but anyway, so they're, they're responsible for complying with all of the, the regulations. And you have a lot of protections as a shareholder in the United States anyways, uh, stock market, most major first world uh, stock markets, because they're, they're uh, regulating the, the financial activities of all these companies. So you can get in immense trouble and go to jail for committing fraud as a publicly traded company, even more so than privately held companies, because it has consequences in the public markets. And they take the, the good faith and the security of those public markets very, very seriously. So it's, it's actually exceedingly rare that there's big scandals and fraud in the stock market uh, that a company misreports their earnings and it goes on for a long time. It does happen, you know, famously like Enron and Tyco and places like this that had gigantic frauds that really affected the stock and wiped people out of their savings. But nonetheless, that is exceedingly rare. You know, most of the time these regulations really work and really do protect you as, as a stock purchaser. Another important thing these exchanges do is make it so that you have efficient prices. So basically think of this as the marketplace you're walking into. So, you know, you have every confidence that if you go into Nordstrom and you buy a t-shirt that it's going to, you're going to get the t-shirt, you're going to own the t-shirt and the rights to that t-shirt without anyone being able to challenge it. And the t-shirt is going to be as represented because Nordstrom is vetting that and they're putting their word behind it with all the subsequent regulations and things like that. Just think of in this case, the NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange are the Nordstrom to you buying the t-shirt that is is Amazon stock. You know, they're making sure that you get the right price, that it's fair, that it's all transparent to you exactly what you're buying. And they force all the companies to give you all the relevant information. You know, on the shirt, it's what it's made of and the cotton content or whatever, you know, and the price, uh, where it came from, where it was made, things like this. Whereas in the stock market, they're forcing them to tell you everything about their financials in a regulated fashion to disclose to you if there's any crazy events that might affect the share price for you to make decisions based off of. And it does all that in a fair way. Everyone has the same information at the same time and you can't really get cheated. Uh, we can get into more detail on that in the future, but at a high level, that is true. And that's worth keeping in mind for the purposes of a stock market 101. So that's a really cool thing. Again, a huge advantage that you can know that you're paying a fair price for the share, that you can that you're owed good and accurate information and fair disclosures from those companies that they can't cheat you to try to pump up their stock price with false claims or overinflated financials or something. You know, whereas if you go and buy a privately held company, you have to do all that QC yourself. And yeah, you have recourse through lawsuits and things like that, but all that's done on your behalf through the SEC and these big institutional investors when you buy big companies in the stock market. So that's a really cool aspect of this as well, is that not only are you buying a share of a company and that's available to you, but you have every confidence that that company is going to treat you fairly and that you know what you're getting the day you make that decision. That's a really cool thing these exchanges do. It is transparent, so you know you're getting the most efficient pricing. That's not true in like bond markets, for example, where there's, you know, um, bond brokers. And basically they stand between a seller and a buyer and whatever price they can negotiate from both of them, they get to keep the spread. That is not true in the stock market. All expenses have to be disclosed to you. And most of the time there are no expenses for uh, major, you know, just buying and selling shares now uh, in most of these brokerages. And uh, uh, there's a lot of fairness there. And I think that's a really cool thing. Um, so basically these companies go to the stock exchange and they say, Hey, I want to be able to have access to the public markets. We want to be able to sell 20% of our shares so we can raise a bunch of money and build a factory. So we're offering the public markets, these shares at this price, and they put it out there and then you can just go through your brokerage and buy those shares. And that's a really cool thing. It gives the companies access to the public markets for raising money or for, so that their founders and current owners can sell their shares and make money. And it allows you to go, Hey, I like the future of that company. I'm going to buy some of that and have their upside. And then it allows all of us to get together and say, Ooh, I think I like the company more than you do. I'm willing to pay, you know, $10 for the share that you bought for $1 and you can make that $9 spread because other people like the opportunity more than you do. 
And that's a really cool thing. Uh, so that's basically the way the stock market works at a high level. Um, and that's, that's, you know, there's some more complications you could get into with like, you know, the primary market is when companies go public and offer their shares for the first time. The secondary market is like when I've bought the shares from the IPO and then I sell them to another investor or sell them to you. That's us doing, uh, interactions on the secondary market. But it is really cool that basically fundamentally what you're doing is you're going to a fair market to buy publicly traded companies and then to straight up own a chunk of these companies and be owed their performance and the ability to sell those at the blink of an eye. You know, you can sell a share of stock anytime the stock market is open. Uh, you can log into your brokerage and sell that share and have your money back. And that's a really cool aspect of, of it too. That's called liquidity, you know, that you're able to turn your stock back into money really, really quickly. Let's see here. So um, the stock exchange that I mentioned, the NASDAQ and the um, uh, New York Stock Exchange, they, they shoulder the responsibility for ensuring price transparency, liquidity, which I just mentioned, price discovery and fair dealings in such trading activities. As almost all major stock markets across the globe now operate electronically, the exchange maintains trading systems that officially manage the buy and sell orders from all the various market participants like you. They perform the price matching function to facilitate trade execution at a fair price to both buyers and sellers. So that kind of drives home the point that I was making to you that you can be assured you're paying the right price when you choose to buy a stock on any given day, that no one's standing in between you and, and the seller of that stock to make a margin. Uh, that's not disclosed. That's a really cool thing. Again, all this is very highly regulated by the SEC and people go to jail when they break it. You know, the, uh, the financials have to conform to certain standards, normally GAAP, uh, which is the name of the financial standards. So you know that they're all reported the same way, that different items on their balance sheet are, sheet are treated the same way. And then all that information is made publicly to you on a, on a regular schedule. So every year, these companies have to file what are called 10Ks. And you can go to, uh, if you go to the Edgar, E-D-G-A-R database, you can search for 10Ks. You can search for all their filings. And that's where companies put out all their financials. The CEO and other important people write long, detailed notes about the future of the company, the risk to the company, and all these things. So you can get on there and read anything you want about these companies from their perspective. Then you can get on the secondary, you know, you know on Google and things like that, and start to look what other investors, what other analysts are saying about those companies, whether you should buy or sell, whether they're overvalued or undervalued, things like this. All that information is at your fingertips with tips with the internet. That's a really cool aspect. So you can get on there and blindly buy shares or you can do as much research as you want and come up with your own models for what a company's worth and invest accordingly. And that's really where the stock market gets more complicated. And I'll talk about those things more in like investing 202 and more in depth podcasts in the future. But for the high level aspect of this, I want you guys to be aware of those regulations, of those disclosures of 10Ks, which is the annual statements, but they also have to do quarterly statements and tell you how the company's performing learn how to read financial statements and know that those are all out there. You don't have to do those things to invest, but those certainly give you an edge as an investor to understand these things and uh, make informed decisions. So all that's available to you. And I want you guys to know that from the start. So that's what the stock market is. And those are stock market exchanges. Now, when you go to buy, you're technically buying through those exchanges, but you don't get to go interact with them directly. You don't go to the newyorkstockexchange.com and buy stocks. You do it through what's called a brokerage. And this is where most people are familiar with putting, you know, depositing money from their bank account, going out and choosing to buy stocks. Uh, the most famous ones right now for beginning investors are certainly Robin Hood's at the tip of everyone's tongue. I personally use Fidelity, which is another competing brokerage, but there's tons of them. There's TD Ameritrade and E-Trade and um, all these different major banks have their own arm, typically like JP Morgan and, and places like that for investing. So 
you have a lot of options. I highly recommend Fidelity. I think they have a great user interface. They have great uh, uh, different research available for the stocks and they make it all real simple and it's a very detailed yet not easy to access platform. Whereas Robinhood's like the easiest and kind of fun to set up. They do confetti on the screen when you deposit money and kind of corny things like that, that some people criticize, you know, condition you to spending more money, but you can use Robinhood and it's an app, you know, you just download it on your phone and you're off to the races in a matter of days once a bank deposit hits and you can be trading stocks and in on there, you can trade cryptocurrencies and other things as well. So again, there's the stock exchange, which is the regulated thing that where the, the shares actually trade hands, but then there's brokerages, which is where you as a consumer would actually access those stock exchanges. So you need a brokerage account in order to buy a stock. So how do you get started? First things first, pick a brokerage. Like I mentioned, it could be Fidelity, Robinhood, countless others. These are the people who are going to actually execute the orders and give you information on the stocks that you can research and things like this. So this is where you're going to tie your bank account to a, a brokerage. You're going to deposit money from your bank account into that brokerage, say a thousand bucks or whatever. Then you're going to go through that brokerage to go and buy shares of stocks. Uh, what should you do next? You should pick a company you want to buy, you know? Uh, and for this, I'd say, what is something that you use and what is a company you admire? Uh, like I said, at the start of this podcast, the most important thing is just getting started, get some money and put it in the stock market, do something that's not going to hurt you if you lost it all. So if you're someone who makes a hundred thousand dollars a year, $70,000 a year, put in 500 bucks, put in a thousand dollars and go ahead and say, boy, what's a product that I love? Well, I love iPhones. You know, I use my iPhone all day, every day. I'm on it with my friends. I, I would never use an Android instead. Uh, I think I'm going to buy some shares of Apple. That's who makes the iPhone go buy it. You know, oh, I love eating at McDonald's. Go buy some shares of McDonald's. Uh, I love shopping at Target. Go buy some shares at Target. Oh, you know, I'm a pilot and I really respect Honeywell systems for the heads up display. I'm going to buy Honeywell. You know, there's all, you know, I, I, I love um, the gas station Exxon. I'm going to buy Exxon, right? So you can literally any company that you use, a vast majority of them are publicly traded or somehow do business with those companies. Um, so pick a company that you love. If you love wearing Nikes, buy yourself some Nike and just watch that stock and learn through that. So I can't give investment advice, this uh, podcast for entertainment purposes only, but how do you get started? You pick a brokerage, put in an amount of money that won't hurt you and buy one stock, buy one share of one stock that you really admire. If you love Google, buy some Google. If you love Apple, buy some Apple, just go ahead and do it. Quick side note on this. If uh, you can't put in enough money to buy a full share, like if the price of one full share is $1,000 and you only have $500 to invest, brokerages will offer you fractional shares. And I know Robinhood will do that for most major companies. So you don't have to have the full share amount to buy a share of Amazon, which is in the 2000s or whatever right now. Uh, you can buy a fractional share. You could buy a hundred dollars worth of it through Robinhood. So don't, don't let that share you off at the stock price or scare you off if the stock price is too high because you can buy what's called a fractional share and uh, still own some of that company. It still has the same exposures if you own a full share. So uh, pick a company, buy that company. That's my advice is go ahead and get some skin in the game. Pick a company that you like to be involved with. You'll get to watch the stock market move. Uh, you'll get to understand sometimes when you you'd perceive it move unfairly against the stock, sometimes when you move with it. And it kind of gets you involved. It gets you off the bench and it gets you started. And that's 90% of the battle is buying and holding a share. And you'll see over time that that share is going to appreciate. And you'll start to fantasize, what if I'd put in more money? Uh, what if I'd put more into this investment that did better than that one? And you start to learn about the stock market through that action. So that's what the stock market is. That's what the exchanges are. And that's how you get started in it. Pick a, pick a brokerage, open an account, deposit 500 bucks into it and buy some stock, buy, buy some company that you enjoy. 
by some company that you use or that you admire, and then just start watching it every day that it's open. Monday to Friday, open up that account at least once or twice, watch the price movements, click on the news uh, section of that stock that you own and see what's going on and why it's moving the way it is, and just start to learn. And you'll learn a lot about uh, uh, the market. You'll learn a lot about stock market investing just from having some skin in the game. So that's my advice. Secondary to that, and this is a little bit more complicated, but there are these things called index funds out there. And an index fund buys a basket of companies. And this is called diversifying your investments. Now, diversifying your investments is smart because if you just buy one stock, then your whole portfolio is tied up in the performance of that stock. What if it doesn't do well? What if it goes down? What if the company's fraudulent and goes bankrupt and uh, you end up with zero? So it's smart to buy more than one stock so that even if one stock collapses in price, hopefully the gains in your other stocks will outpace it and your overall portfolio will still increase a reasonable amount. That's called diversification. A really good way to do that is to bet on an index. And an index is a group of stocks that are automatically purchased and curated on your behalf. And when you buy an index, you're buying the aggregate of all those stocks together. So it's like automatic diversification for you. And there's all sorts of indexes out there. There's everything from the broad stock market to individual sectors to even people who pick like high performance stocks. And, you know, there's any amount of risk you could want. But to keep it simple, the index I'm going to talk about today is called the S&P 500 index. It's the standard and five standard and poor's. 500 company index. And it's supposed to kind of be representative of the best companies in the United States. And if you pick the S&P 500, it's oftentimes the benchmark for how the stock market is doing day to day that people talk about, oh, is the stock market up or down? They're often wondering, is uh, the S&P 500 and a couple other major indices up or down? So if it's up, then the stock market's up. And oftentimes people who pick individual stocks will use this as the benchmark because a rising tide raises all ships. So if the S&P 500 is up, that means the stock market on the whole is probably doing good that year and there was a raising market. So it should raise all these other investments alongside it. Whereas if the whole market is down, then some of those stocks should all be down as well. And if they outperform that, then they're better than, than they outperform the market that year is kind of what is said. So you can buy the S&P 500. And basically what I want you to think of it as is a bet on the whole U.S. economy, that if the U.S. economy does well, the S&P 500 is going to do well, and then you're going to do well by holding that index, which again is a group of all 500 of those companies, publicly traded stickers in, in aggregate. And that's what you're buying. So I would also recommend buy one share of a company that you admire, then use some more of that 500 bucks or whatever amount you put in to buy the S&P 500. Because now you have exposure to the how the stock market is doing, as well as some exposure to an individual company. And through that, you're going to learn about overall market trends through the S&P 500. And you're going to learn about investing in individual companies and what the different things are that affect both of those investments by having both simultaneously. So that's a great way to start a brokerage account. Buy the S&P 500 and buy an individual stock. You might ask Taylor, why would I buy the S&P 500? Again, it diversifies your portfolio beautifully. You know that you're going to have a bunch of stocks performing there. So if any one company in the S&P 500 goes uh, bankrupt, it's probably not going to affect that whole index appreciably. And certainly you're not going to lose all your money. Also, it teaches you the most conservative way to invest in the long term. There's countless books and people who recommend just buy the S&P 500, set it and forget it. And basically that's just a bet that, hey, you know, from today until 30 years from today, when I need this money, the, the U.S. economy is going to do well and I'm going to make money on this investment. So it's a way of just betting on the U.S. economy. And if you believe in your lifetime, it's going to grow, which is a very safe bet, then you're going to profit from that growth. And generally uh, the S&P 500 goes up eight to 10% a year. 
Now it has down years, we can be down as much as 30, 40, 50%, but on average, it recovers from those and grows in the long term, eight to 10%. So that's kind of what you can expect that to grow. Whereas individual stocks can wildly outperform or underperform that. They can either collapse uh, from initial investments or they can uh, uh, go way up as well. That's where we start to get a little bit more complicated. You know, when you start to talk about the valuations of these companies, because even if a company's doing well, counterintuitively, the stock price can still go down. So a company can be very profitable, but if that profit is already priced into the stock price, then uh, the stock market can can say, oh, we're going to send this stock price down. People are going to drive the price of that stock down. You're going to have more sellers than buyers at these various prices till the stock settles into a lower price because the the market expected the company to do better than it did. So, you know, most people say, oh my God, you know, Amazon was so profitable and it had this huge quarter and yet the stock price went down. Why did that happen? It's because the market priced in more expectation than the stock actually delivered. And that's, that's really prevalent in the market today. There's lots of discussions about the stock market being quote unquote overvalued. That's what people are talking about is that the stock prices have more built into them than the companies can actually deliver. So even if they are a great fundamental company, if you pay too much money for it, it's still a bad deal. A great example of that is if, you know, milk is being sold at the store for $5. That'd be really nice milk, I guess. I should say like $2. And you go and buy the same carton of milk from a guy outside for 10 bucks, then you just paid way too much money and you have this thing that's actually worth two bucks, but you paid 10 for it. So really you just lost $8 there. The same thing can happen to you with stocks that if everyone together believes the stock is doing really well or has too bright of a future and pays through the nose for it, and the stock doesn't perform to that, then eventually you might not be able to sell that stock for as much as you bought it for today, even though it's doing well. Those are concepts we'll touch on more in my 202 video, you know, as we start to talk about intermediate and then later advanced stock market techniques and investing and things to pay attention to. But for now, suffice it to say that you'll really learn about all those trends as you hold one individual stock. And you'll also learn about the broader market trends and what affects the S&P 500 and therefore the whole stock market. Uh, you know, things like politics, things like stimulus, things like macroeconomics and inflation, all those things you're going to learn about through that investment. So it's a really good starter portfolio because you're going to learn about it over time. So that's what I'd recommend that you do. You know, start to familiarize yourself, pick a brokerage. So again, like Fidelity or Robinhood, and I like Fidelity, but you could pick Robinhood because it's kind of fun and easy to set up. So pick a brokerage, put in some inconsequential amount of money to you, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, buy one share or a couple shares of a stock uh, that you like or a company that you like, and then buy the S&P 500 with the remainder and then watch that over time. So now what do you do? You're going to hold and watch it. it. It should be a fun amount of money at the start, but having skin in the game is going to teach you a lot of lessons, like I've mentioned. And then you should look into doing what's called DCAing or dollar cost averaging. I talked about this on another podcast, but basically you should set up regular deposits from your paycheck and immediately deploy that money into your strategy. So, you know, if you put in uh, another 500 bucks uh, when you get a paycheck in a month or whatever, then put in half of that into the companies you picked and the other half in the S&P 500. Or you could even start to pick some more companies to invest that into, but start to invest more over time and see the way that affects your portfolio and the way it grows. It has a lot of advantages that I covered in my DCA episode, so I encourage you guys to go listen to that if you haven't already. But uh, that, that's a, a really good strategy to have. And you should start to invest in this portfolio more, even if it's kind of small amounts. It's just that discipline of putting more in and not taking it out is going to teach you a lot about investing and teach you a lot about the growth of your portfolio and the value of saving over time. So the then what? Start by holding and watching. You know, it should be fun. And you should read and learn. You know, you should go and uh, pick up some books and start to learn more about investing. My recommendations are a random walk down Wall Street. 
which is a great book that's going to really encourage you into index funds and things like this. But you'll learn a lot about the stock market through that. Another book's called How I Manage My Money. That's one where a bunch of people who actually work as money managers and other wealthy people and things like this talk about how they run their investments, you know, whether they use uh, index funds or what they invest in and why and how they use tax advantage funds. And you'll learn a lot from those books as well. You should read directly from other investors that you admire, maybe even read some uh, biographies. Like I love the Elon Musk biography and it'll kind of teach you more about Tesla in that case. Um, definitely read up on an investor called Ben Graham. He has some great uh, knowledge out there and some great books. But beyond books, I would also recommend that you get online on public forums. Uh, there's lots of great websites. My favorite is to go on Reddit, which is like a forum where people discuss these things. And the subreddits you're looking for would be like r-investing. The funniest one's called r-wall street bets, and they'll probably hook you into uh, and, and hook you into their discourse. Be careful not to listen to them because they're doing incredibly risky behavior, but it's fun for entertainment. And then there's uh, r-economics, r-stocks, r-stock market. Those are all subreddits that I recommend if you're into investing and kind of researching. And then there's other great websites. There's Market Watch, there's Motley's Fool, there's uh, Seeking Alpha. Lots of those websites have articles that you can search different companies. Yahoo Finance is another great one for looking up tickers and, and getting real-time news on the different companies you follow. And you can set up alerts for the companies that you own or companies that you're watching and kind of learn about them from there. So that's kind of the next steps in your investment journey is to do that. Just kind of keep your ear to the ground and be in some of these forums. They're fun to read and, you know, toss them on your phone, on your lunch break, whatever, and, and browse through a little bit. You'll learn about some really interesting perspectives, especially on Reddit. You'll get a lot of people discussing and debating back and forth the pros and cons of different investments and what you might do and what you might not do. So that's a high level view. You know, what you've learned today is what the stock market is and why you might invest in it. You learned how to invest in it via a brokerage and, and a good starting point. Although I can't give investment advice in this podcast for entertainment purposes only. With that said, I did give you some investment advice with buying a couple companies that you know and that you respect, and then also buying the S&P 500, and you learned what the S&P 500 is, and you learned how to get off the bench. You know, you're getting started and you're learning about wealth creation. And then you also got some good resources about what to do next, where to go to read and learn. You can always send me questions on my Instagram at the Blackwood show or on uh, the Blackwood show at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to kind of talk with you back and forth and give you some advice. Again, I can't give investment advice and it's very hard for me to tell you, you should buy this stock instead of that one or whatever, but we can have some fun conversations. And I can at least point you in the right direction and talk to people, you know, just network and learn and read. And, and then you're really going to grow some knowledge. But again, I want to end the podcast with the same thought that I began it with your choice to get involved in the stock market is a critical one. You're lucky to be, to have been exposed to the stock market, the fact that it exists and what it can do. And you're wise to get involved with it. And I applaud that behavior because over time, if you can keep a cool hand, if you can keep investing money that you don't need to touch any given couple of years, and you can let it ride through some downturns and make you lots of money in the upturns, you're going to end up wealthier than you would have been otherwise that behavior. So I applaud you. Thanks for listening. Again, please uh, share this podcast with someone you think might benefit from it. I hope this uh, was really informative for those of you who don't know where to start with investing. And I hope that those of you who are more advanced still picked up a little bit of useful information. And uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. I know there's lots of ways to entertain yourself, not the least of which are a bunch of great podcasts. So thank you for taking the time to listen to little old me. Talk at you soon.